been a remarkably resilient group of people sitting all these hours. So the reassurance is that this last talk is brief. As we turn to chapter 23, and it may or may not come up on the screen, it's Joshua's farewell to the leaders. First 11 verses. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. An accident on a building society in the United States ended up with a workman standing on top of one of these large metal demolition balls, suspended high in the air and holding on for his life to the cable by which it was suspended. For some reason, he was stuck there and it wasn't possible to lower the ball. So instead, they got one of his fellow workmen and they lowered him down beside him in order to effect a rescue. But that was easier said than done. The man who'd come to rescue pleaded with his friend, reach out your hand to me. But there was no way that this terrified workman was going to let go of the cable because that represented his life and his safety. And it was only after a great deal of pleading, reach out your hand, trust me, please trust me, that finally he let go by one hand and stretched it out and held on to his friend. And it took a whole lot more exhortation, please let go, trust me, before, with a terrified look on his eyes, he took his other hand off the cable and put it on his friend's shoulder. And then, of course, they were able to be lowered to the ground. When they got to the ground, the people who gathered round found 
that the rescued man was clutching the shoulders of his rescuer so tightly that they had to prise the fingers off one at a time. That is a picture, first of all, of the way that we can cling on so tightly to what in fact is a false security, even though it seems to offer us uh, the security that we need. The way that a person can cling on to a false religion or a false set of beliefs or can cling on to money or possessions as being the key to life or something else. And it shows us how we have to stop holding on to those things that we may have been holding on to tightly for years in order to take hold of Jesus and cling closely to him, the one who comes to rescue us in the ultimate sense. And it tells us also that when we do take hold of Jesus, we need to cling as tightly to him as that man did to his rescuer, which is really the message of verse 8 here. You are to hold fast to the Lord your God. You are to cling to the Lord your God as you have until now. And that is really the burden of Joshua's final charge to the people as he is now an old man. Go on cling as you have done in the past. Go on staying faithful to God because he is a faithful God. And we're just going to touch on two or three things quickly in this chapter and a lot of it we've said before. Why are we to cling? First of all, because of the victories that God has already given us in the past. Joshua reminds the people, verse 3, the Lord your God fought for you. Verse 9, he has driven out before you great and powerful nations. Remember that. And in the Old Testament in particular, how often does that time remember, come? Remember back, particularly to the mighty deliverance at the time of the Exodus through the Red Sea. Remember all the other victories and deliverances. And of course, supremely it comes in the New Testament, do this in remembrance of me. And so as I said at the end of the last session, as we look back, not just to the great acts of deliverance of God in the Bible, but the things he's done in our own lives, it builds faith. Secondly, we're to remember the inheritance that God gives. Verse 4 of this chapter, remember how I, have, how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remains. We have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. God wants to give us good gifts and we have that inheritance in all its fullness laid up for us in heaven guaranteed to us we have the first installment now by the Holy Spirit that's another reason for clinging to God and the third reason is the promises that he makes because in effect in verse 5 God promises more of the same there are still some nations to be driven out but verse 5 the Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land 
as the Lord your God promised you. My friends, God always has more. I don't care how long you've been in the Christian life, God has more. John 1 and verse 18, I think it is. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, one blessing after another. It's a bit like the waves of the seashore that keep coming and keep breaking and never end and will never end as long as this planet endures. One blessing after another. And how are we to cling? What does it mean in practice? First of all, it means to love the Lord. Verse 11, be very careful to love the Lord your God. But what does love mean? Because we see so much Hollywood-type love on our screens, we need to remind ourselves again and again that for the Christian, it is far deeper than an emotion. It does not centre on an emotion. No, it centres on a commitment. First of all, that God has made to us in Jesus in order to serve our deepest needs and therefore a commitment that we make to others to serve their deepest needs. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. That's real love, shown by the commitment, shown by the sacrifice. Uh, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's true love, commitment, serving other people, seeking to meet their deepest need. And that, of course, is how we show our love for God. Secondly, we must separate. We've seen how there were many detestable practices in the nations in Canaan and around Canaan. Therefore, verse 7, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear, by, or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. And verse 12, do not ally yourselves with them or intermarry with them. And there is this important spiritual truth of living in the world but not being of the world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, Romans 12. Or in J.B. Phillips' graphic rendering, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mould. Don't take on board the standards, the attitudes, the values of the world. But let those things be conditioned by what God says in his word, by the principles and the truths and the standards and the values and the commandments that God has in his word. And thirdly, we come back to this one last time, obey. Verse 12, be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Again, we've seen the importance of love, uh, of obedience, if we're really to receive all the good things that God has for us. And remember that obedience for the Christian ought to be a joyful, willing obedience because Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command you. So there we have it. Our wonderful inheritance offered to us as a free gift, something we can experience and enjoy now through the Holy Spirit. 
we have a God who is faithful, who's proved his faithfulness down the centuries and the millennia, who, if we've been in the Christian life any length of time, has proved his faithfulness to us. And now he calls you and me to be faithful to him. He calls us to cling to him to the very end of our lives. And then the inheritance will be ours in all its fullness. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. As we remember him, may we be given grace, may we be given the power of the Holy Spirit to run to the very end, the race that is set before us. Help us, have mercy on us, go with us we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.